March 2nd, 2014, VGN Network presents Kevin's Oblast Radio with your host, Kevin Baird. So I had an email come in. If you want to write to the show, you can write to Kevin at VGN.us or, I don't know, Kevin at VideoGameNews.com. That works too. Uh, whatever you want. Um, and uh, President Evil is the name. Asked me to uh, comment on what's going on in the Ukraine. So I'm going to make this one kind of short because i got to record VGN tonight. And I figured I could squeeze this one in. Uh, yeah, so that situation is really complicated. And there are parallels to Nazi Germany. You're not um, alone in thinking that, President Evil. Uh, the Sochi Olympics, you know. But um, Vladimir Putin is not uh, trying to show the superiority of the Russian race like Hitler was and all that eugenic stuff that was going on back then. Uh, you know, it, it was more or less just trying to um, improve their reputation on the world stage and show what he's, what Putin's basically trying to do is become an um, an alternate uh power to the European and American sort of um, sphere of influence. I mean, really, when you look around the world, you you have um, the United States and uh, Europe and China, right? Uh, basically, like, you know, parts of Asia as well. But they, don't, they don't all get along, right? I mean, it's not like Japan and China work together. But, um, you, you know, these are the, the main... Uh, Areas of uh, global power, I guess you would say. Not necessarily militarily, but economically. And uh, Russia wants to be uh, seen as a major player. They want to be seen as somebody that, um, you know, still matters, still counts. That they're not down for the count. Um, and in so doing, uh, you know, they need to constantly sort of flex their muscle and show what they're capable of. And... You know, the Sochi Olympics was a way of saying, hey, you know, we can have the Olympics here. We can uh, spend freaking $50 billion to basically build a city. And uh, then we can use it for other things if we want to. Uh, you know, it's like his own private resort town now, essentially. You know, he was going to have the G8 Summit uh, go there. And um, looks like that might not happen now due to this Ukrainian thing. But, um, you know, that's it's all about just kind of showing the world that uh, Russia... It matters, and I think that that probably stems from just a, um, you know, a situation where people are not interested in necessarily doing business with Russia in a lot of ways, banking, for instance, um, because they feel that the corruption is, you know, at a high level, and that uh, Russia is sort of seen as, um, you know, a non-player, a joke, and so. Putin has spent an enormous amount of money that comes in from their oil and gas um, that they feed to Europe, mostly Germany, uh, in order to um, build up their military and uh, a lot of it in their navy. They haven't spent too much money, some, but not too much money on their air power. Um, but they've been building boats like crazy. And right now, none of them have actually really been... Um, put to sea, so it's hard to know how far along those projects are, but, I mean, they haven't had this kind of shipbuilding going on since the Cold War, 
and the Russians during the Cold War were like mobilized like every boat you could imagine was at sea. Um, I think it was something crazy, you know, like 500 boats or something were, you know, in, you know, in operation. Um, you, you know, these are blue water boats. These are, you know, um, ocean going vessels because your brown waters, your river boat, your, um, your shoreline, your coast guard, that kind of thing. Um, so that's an enormous amount. And, you know, they are working on not that many, but they're working on, um, you know, retrofitting, building new ones, uh, just building a giant um, Navy apparatus. I mean, if you think the Cold War is over, you're, you're crazy because it's not over for Russia. They're totally full-on engaged in every aspect. I mean, look, we had spies in the country not that long ago. They're obviously still, you know, actively spying, which probably most countries do. I'm sure we do, of course. That's been all over the news. Um, and I'm sure we have people embedded in other countries as well. Uh, so, you know, Russia is, um, controlled by one man. It's, you know, it's controlled by, uh, Putin and, uh, he calls all the shots. And the reason he gets away with this though, is because Yeltsin had done such a poor job and, uh, making things all screwed up economically that the people of Russia do not want to go back to that right now. They, you know, not all of them, of course. Um, but the, the ones that, you know, are in Moscow and, uh, the places that matter are getting paid really well at their jobs and, um, you know, they, th their lives are much improved and, you know, they don't want to go back to the, the, you know, the olden days. So they put up with Putin because they think that Putin has brought them, um, uh, a, ch a chair at the world stage or the table or whatever. And, uh, they've provided them a lot of, you know, health care and, um, well, whatever. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it really, I mean, Russia is vast. Okay. So it's very difficult to sit here and say, well, you know, things are better in Russia. Well, I'm sure they're better in Moscow. Okay. It doesn't mean necessarily that if you go to the, um, you know, one of the oblasts in, uh, Southern, uh, Siberia, um, that it's going to, you know, be really great there. It's, it's not probably it's, you know, it's probably still peasant farming and miserable and, or logging or something. So, you know, you got to kind of, you got to look at it from a lot of different angles. But that's the same as the United States. I mean, you can say, well, the United States is the richest country in the world. And it is, but it sure doesn't probably feel that way to the guy living in a shack in Mississippi somewhere. So it just all, you know, everybody has a different thing. And I can only do some generalizing here. So the Ukraine, look, we're not going to go to war for the Ukraine. We're not. We're, we're not. Europe's not going to go to war for the Ukraine either. Um, the only reason, you know... Um, uh, we are worried about the Ukraine at all is simply because um, they are on the border of, you know, Poland and Romania and such. I'd have to look at a map, which I don't have in front of me right now. But the the idea here is that, you know, you don't want that um, that military muscle right on the border of NATO. Uh, and so, you know, then you end up in that sort of standoffish situation like you had during the Cold War. So that's a minor thing. And not something that uh, we're really, um, we're not going to go to war over that. I mean, we're just not. Uh, neither is Europe. Now, what could happen is that uh, the Ukrainian government could uh, try to invade um, southern uh, Ukraine, which is primarily the Crimea, where, where is the Russians have invaded, and uh, go to war with them. 
reality is, though, that the Ukrainian military isn't very good. They're, they're not. And um, the Russians have, a, you know, a much larger um, pool of resources in which to work with and can just send, you know, a lot more equipment and men uh, and take over the Ukraine pretty quickly. The, the Ukrainian military will, will crumble if Russia wants to drive right into the capital of the Ukraine, Kiev, and take it. Are they going to do that? Maybe. That's a big question we don't know. Right now, I don't trust anything coming out of Putin's mouth. Uh, he's, you know, lied in, in a lot of what's going on here. Um, but look, the Crimea, this is a southern peninsula off the Ukraine that used to be part of Russia. It was part of Russia in the 1950s. And um, right around there, when I think it was Khrushchev, um, you know, just made it part of the Ukraine. I couldn't tell you exactly why. It didn't really matter back then to them. I mean, you know, all of those countries, they, they were different countries, but they were all run by the same people. You know what I mean? If the Soviet Union said, you know what, we're just going to make the Ukraine part of Russia, that would have just happened. It would have just happened, and there was nothing anybody was going to say about it. So just handing over territorial interests was mostly probably through, you know, reasons of administration more than anything else. Like, you know, they said, well, why don't you guys have this because, you know, you got the roads and the, the snow plows or whatever over there. You know, we can't keep trying to get over to that, you know, peninsula to do stuff. So we're just going to make it part of Ukraine. But really, all the people that were living there were Russian. So, you know, nobody cared. It was the Soviet Union. So it was like, okay, whatever. Well, the, you know, the Ukrainians are going to come and, you know, plow our streets and pick up our trash. Um, and then we don't have to wait anymore for the Russians to do it. So, you know, when the Soviet Union collapsed and the Ukraine went independent, um, you know, they got the Crimea with them. But part of the problem is that the Russians have their Black Sea Fleet base there, ma mainly their um, their submarine bases, from what I understand, which is really important. But at the same time, you know, I don't think they're really going into, you know, into this war situation for that. They may doesn't sound like it what this sounds more to me is like um if you follow this stuff like i have okay over a long period of time uh tensions between the ukraine and russia have been very sour uh you know their um the ukrainian um president before this guy they got now was poisoned um you know by like a blowfish poison of some sort um but it was like something that he drank and that was blamed on, like, you know, Russian interests. And then, you know, they had this problem with the Gazprom pipeline that runs through the Ukraine to go to the rest of Europe, primarily Germany. And uh, the Ukrainians were, for a long time, getting subsidized gas. Uh, Russia shut that off and said, now you got to pay full price. They didn't want to pay it. They shut the gas off. There was this gas interruption for Europe. Um, because the pipeline ran through the Ukraine, the Ukrainians were like, well, we're just going to shut the gas off. If you're not going to give us gas, we're just going to shut it off. And that caused a big problem, and then they worked it out. Um, and then there's been, like, some breakaway republic uh, fighting to the east that uh, took place, as far as I recall, um, not related to Georgia. I know you can go back to Georgia and talk about South Ossetia and uh, Abkhazia. Uh, which we just let them take. The Russians are just like, we're going to take these countries because they want to be part of us anyway. And 
you know, that's just totally like Czechoslovakia, right? That, it's like the Rhineland or something. We're just like, okay, just don't go to war. It's totally like Hitler. And, uh, you know, this right here is like Czechoslovakia, I guess. It's not Poland. It's like Czechoslovakia. It's like they went in, they're taking it, saying, these are our people. We are together. Yay! And, uh, you know, we're standing on the brink. We're standing on the um, uh, what could happen next type of thing. Um, but I don't think Putin's ambitions travel that far. I think he's mad. He's angry because he wanted the Ukraine to become part of Russia's uh, sphere of uh, economic influence. You know, the more of these countries they get in to this group, then they become a bigger deal and they have more um, negotiating power on the stage. And I think he felt that these um, rebels or uh, protesters uh, that uh, kicked out the current acting um, president was orchestrated um, by the United States and um, Europe and Probably true. Probably true. I don't think um, that the Ukrainians, after all this time, uh, suddenly decided that this was going to be the moment that they were going to um, run in protest. I think that there was obviously um, some influence and in some organization that's been going on around the world um, to cause these things. Uh, you know, these organizations, you know, I'm not saying these people didn't want these things to happen. Obviously they did. You can't get people out there to, you know, just be like, what am I doing out here? I don't know. I got a text message to come out here and now there's gunshots. I mean, that's not what I'm saying. But I think that the organization aspect, there's people behind it that are making these things um, come to light in a way that, uh, I don't know, a CIA probably, probably, you know, orchestrating it in such a way that causes these uh, these rebellions to begin these uprisings to start. I mean, that doesn't mean that they don't happen organically as well. They, they've been known to. Um, but the ones that have sort of started organically that we probably didn't really want to put any interest in um, were squelched very quickly. Um, Oman, I think, was a good one that you could look at um, where the Saudis and, and everyone just went and said, yeah, we're not going to have that here. Boom. Done. You know, where the ones that we sort of continuously feed, um, you know, Iran was another one, but that didn't work. Uh, but anyway, so I think he's angry and he knows who was responsible for um, t turning that government away from him. And he said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go in and we're just going to take um, a part of that country because um, that part of our country is ours anyway. And so what are we going to do? Let's talk about it. What are we going to do? Are we going to go to war over it? No, I don't think so. Um, what's his next move going to be? That's really kind of the question mark, because there's still a lot of Russian um, speakers and towns in the south, and it's v he put in 15,000 troops, I think. 14,000, 15,000 troops. Um, kind, of, kind of a possibility there that um, that's a lot of troops. You know what I mean? Like to as a starting force to kind of get in there and, and do what they're doing. Um, I love how they just surrounded uh, the um, the Ukrainian military bases and the Ukrainians are inside. Like, what do we do? We don't know what to do. Um, so they're just hanging out while a foreign power has them surrounded. That shit would never go down in the United States. Could you imagine if, like, Russian forces landed and surrounded, like, uh, I don't know, any American, like, 
any American military base, I mean, we would immediately just be like, we're going to war, you know, and just <laughs> shells and tanks and bullets and sh I mean, it just would have been, never would have happened. But there, they're just like, oh, shit, hey, there's a bunch of guys outside with guns, what do we do? I don't know. Do we have enough food to survive? We better just, better start cutting rations. I mean, I don't know. But something's going to give there, right? I mean, those guys have to get fed. They got to get loud back. Um, the Ukrainian government has called up their reservists, whatever good that's going to do. Um, I think they're probably in conference right now. I mean, are we going to deliver them weapons and everything else? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think, honestly, I think we're probably going to do nothing. I think we'll probably draft together a, a UN letter of condemnation. We'll talk about sanctions. Um, probably they won't have any teeth. Uh, the Russians just too important economically. They provide uh, too much oil, gas, um, and just you know, lots of uh, lots of um, money. That's people are just not going to uh, just give up over a country that's not part of NATO um, and always been a little bit of a backwater. Um, no man's land that Russia kind of had influence over anyway. So, um, I don't think we're going to do anything. And I think Putin knows that. I think Putin knows that we're not going to do anything, but I think he's, he doesn't care because this is more important that he has this, uh, um, show of strength on the world stage that they can't be pushed around. Um, yeah, so I'm not, I don't know, but I don't think, we're not going to go nuclear over it. But, I mean, you know, um, what we should do, and what we probably will do, and probably he's not thinking of this, but what if the people in charge of the United States, which I don't know if Obama would do this, um, because, you know, they want to make sure that Hillary gets into office next time, um, is basically take out uh, Bajir al-Assad, whatever, the president of Syria. Just take him out. Knock him out. Let the rebels take Syria. Um, because that's the Russians only friendly deep water Mediterranean port that they can stop at and refuel and um, all that jazz is Syria. Take it away from them. Just blow the shit out of that fucking country's uh, president. We want to do it. We've been wanting to do it. Russia's been the one saying no. We've been playing ball with them. I say, Russia's not playing ball with the rest of us. We fucking knock out Syria. Take them out. It's about time. Fuck them. That'll hurt them. You know what I'm saying? And then at that point, you you know, you can use that as a bargaining card. You could just go to them and you could be like, you either pull out of the, you know, the, the Crimea or the Ukraine in general, or uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to take away your freaking base in Syria. And I don't know. You know, that's, uh, that's threatening, but I think that um, he doesn't really want to go to war with us. I mean, forget it. He knows that we would wipe, wipe his ass all over the map. Um, even if he built his big navy and trained all his troops and points his nuclear missiles at us, it doesn't matter. I mean, we would fucking, you know, he'd be dead. His whole country would be wiped out. He'd be fucking destroyed. Would we be hurting? Probably. But now, you know, they don't even have enough submarines in the water. I mean, it's just our capability at this point to um, knock out their uh, strategic interests would be just incredible. You know, 
I mean, think about it, right? The Cold War ends in 1991. Maybe, let's just say at the time 1991 happened, that their nuclear submarines were state-of-the-art and um, they were able to transmit um, communications to and from their submarines and let's say they were able to order a strike, okay? Let's also say that in the past freaking uh, 30, what is it, 25 years or something, um, that uh, they have not improved that system very much, okay? I've watched stuff on, you know, TV and uh, where they showed, you know, the Russians' military um, headquarters, you know, their nuclear exchange headquarters, and they still have rotary dial phones, you know, they, and they had um, uh, big screens. That, I mean, the whole thing was just fucking so out of date. So given that, right, given all that technology, then you got to think to yourself, well, our guys haven't been broke. Our guys haven't been, you know, we, we've got freaking drones flying over countries that look like Cylon Raiders. You know, we have technology we don't even, they don't even tell us about. That's just crazy advanced. And it's pretty easy to believe that we've not only infiltrated that communication system, we can jam that communication system, we can take that communication system out, and they're not going to be able to even order the um, those kind of strikes. Now, their local missiles, their long-range intercontinental ballistics, um, sure, those could get off the ground, but, mm, you know, how how good are those? I don't know. That's one of those things. You know, if you go back and look at, like, the Cold War, you hear a lot about, say, um, the JFK and all that kind of stuff um, during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Um, the, the reality of the situation, when everybody was sitting around going, oh, my God, we almost went to nuclear war. And, I mean, we did, but, like, the Russians only had one nuclear, like, intercontinental base, and it was only able to really fire one rocket at a time. And then the rest they had were bombers, which we had a freaking crazy defense system for that. Those bombers would have never gotten to us. Might have blown up Canada. Never would have gotten into our country. You know, so um, well, that's kind of overblown a little bit. Uh, we would have flattened their ass. Now, the thing is, is that it would have been horrible for Europe because their medium-range missiles, they got a shitload of them. And uh, supposedly... The ones in Cuba were ready to work. I don't think they were. Um, they were there. Uh, but, you know, who thinks the guidance system and everything and the radar dishes and all that crap was set up? We would have saw that with the planes. They weren't ready to go. Um, most likely. But they were there. And, you know, they had submarines that were nuclear submarines and they could have launched some stuff offshore. Sure, I guess. But they didn't have many of them. I mean, it was just one of those things where... That would have been devastating, but maybe not as bad as everybody thinks it would have been. Um, not that we were ever going to find out, so I don't even know why I'm breaking that up. But my point is, is that today things are a lot more modern. Things are pretty good, you know, and they still fire, like, their missiles to launch satellites in orbit, and half the time they fucking blow up before they even get anywhere. So um, I'm not convinced that uh, they, they would even want to gamble with us on that. The, the fact of the matter is, is they, they think Obama's a pussy. And they think the rest of Europe is too beholden to um, their economic crisis right now that the EU doesn't want to ruffle the feathers. And so, you know, he's just able to pretty much get away with whatever he wants to do. Um, he tried that in Georgia. 
And the reason Georgia was sort of a different situation was because Georgia's trying to become part of NATO. And even though they're not, they're trying to be, or they're, they're on the cusp of it. Or, I mean, I haven't actually been following that that well. But the thing is, is that that was suddenly a really big interest of ours. And so I think Russia was like, well, okay, you know, we'll stop. But we're going to take some of this, these freaking, might as well just call them cities, these cities with us. Um, because, you know, fuck you. And we were just like, all right, it's fine. Just go ahead, just. God, it runs Georgia's crazy anyway, so you can go ahead and have those cities. And God was running Georgia, was probably like, what the fuck, man? You can't just come in here and take those away. Well, you know, just just be happy he didn't, you know, you know, kill you. Just That's fine. Um, so, yeah, so it's a problem. Uh, I think maybe, like, we'll probably see just a lot of talk. And then eventually it's just going to settle back down again, just kind of like did with Georgia. We'll just ignore this whole situation. Um yeah, I don't see anything else coming of it. I really don't. I think it's bad for Ukraine. Um, the only thing that could possibly happen is that, you know, again, Ukraine invades um, or they start a military clash. Uh, the Russians do a full invasion of Ukraine and take it over and uh, <coughs> push it all the way over to the West. Then I still don't think we go to war with them, but I do think at that point... Um, we start to see the Ukraine as a country that is um, under control that doesn't want to be, uh, you know, by a foreign power, and in which case we'll start to enact very strong um, sanctions against him at that point. Um, but right now, if he just stays within um, that peninsula that was kind of Russia's already, uh, I don't think we're going to do anything about it. I, I mean, you know, like I said, we will. We'll have some strong thing, and we'll have some targeted sanctions on some military people that never come over to the United States. I mean, look, nobody's recalling anybody. Nobody's said anything like, hey, why don't you um, send all the Russian people that are here home, and let's send the let's recall our ambassadors back. None of that's going on. You know what I mean? Because, look, they're tied into our gas prices, man. If we start having a row with them, you're going to be paying $5 gas. Uh, that's just how it's going to be. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, so I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't think th this is the situation. And I think it's a situation that other countries are watching very closely. I think China uh, would be very interested in to see how we react to this because, um, you know, there are lots of rows over these islands going on. And if somebody lands on one of those islands and plants a flag and says, this country is now mine or this island is now mine, my countries and puts a bunch of troops on that island um are we going to fight those troops and the you know maybe that's a different situation um but like if we're proving here that we're not really going to like guarantee uh, a, you know the un isn't um because it's not in the united states's interest whatever happens in the ukraine there's nothing there for us but um if the you know um, the un side allows this to take place and allows these parts of these countries to be peeled away by whoever, you know, um, is willing to flex the most muscle. China can flex because you're not going to have an embargo against China. I mean, are you crazy? I mean, that's, imagine everything in the United States suddenly being unavailable. 
uh, you know, might be able to be good for our economy in the long run because we'd have to start making stuff here again or getting it from other places. But, I mean, just imagine the devastation that that would do. I mean, overnight, uh, it would be absolutely insane, the, the amount of things that nobody could get um, anymore. Just, you know what I mean? Like, you're just not, you, you can't get, like, you know, computers and um, game systems and, you know, uh, games because they're manufactured over there. Everything is. Everything. Everything you think about is, like, made over there. Uh, and the things that would be left that would still be, like, made domestically would be, like, in such short supply uh, would be incredible. So, you know, China knows that they have this kind of muscle. Um, so they're watching. They're going to see what's going to happen here. Now, what could happen, though, is Europe could get more involved. Europe is a, you know, a different kind of thing. And I think they have a bigger influence over Russia than we do. Um, we're so far away from them. Uh, and we're not tied into them um, economically as much as Europe is. And if um, Merkel or whatever in Germany decides that um, she's going to go um, and, uh, you know, shut the gas switch off and says, hey, we're done with you. And he's going to start losing billions of dollars. Um, is the Crimea worth billions of dollars to him? Mm, probably not. Um, at which point he would probably leave. But, I mean, can she afford to do that to Germany? Can she afford to just shut off their gas? Uh, no, I don't think she can. I think she's she's in a she's in a pickle. The, the world has become a place where all of us are um, very much dependent on each other. And when one of these countries goes and does something like this, um, there's not a lot you can do except you know be angry about it and um, you know try and come up with sanctions against things that don't really matter. We're not going to buy your caviar anymore. Ooh. You know, so anyway, we're all watching. We're all going to wait and see. I, I don't think, uh, I understand why he went into this country. I don't think he's necessarily going to go into any other countries. The only other country I could see Putin being somewhat interested in is Serbia. Uh, you know, because of the, um, the close relationship Serbians have with um, the Russians and the fact that uh, Serbia has... Um, you know, was Yugoslavia. Yugoslavia got all beat up in all of these United Nation um, territorial disputes. And uh, it's always possible that if something goes wrong in Syria that he could get involved there. I mean, he certainly could get involved in Baltic states and things of that nature. But I don't think so. I think most of it is, these days is about economic influence. This was just something where, um, you know, this country... They had worked, I think Russia had worked by infiltrating, spying um, on the Ukraine for about a decade now. And uh, whoever, CIA, British Foreign Intelligence, whoever was involved in this, uh, you know, just when they were hitting the finish line, came in and just said, the game's over, we're flipping the board, and we're putting who we want to be in charge of the country. And I, I really think that's what this is all about. It's all about, uh, you know revenge so i don't know we'll wait and see really what it comes what it comes down to is you know whether he tries to take all of the ukraine or whether the leadership of the ukraine fights back but i don't think anybody else is going to do anything but it is a flashpoint if things do explode if things do spread out um 
things get a lot worse. And if that's the case, I don't record another show. So thanks for listening. Be sure to write in the show, Kevin at videogamenews.com. If you got any ideas for a show, we're going to have a special guests, some more of these Oblast shows on soon. Soon as I get all the stuff done at my house, which I'm getting there, but I'm not there yet. Thanks. See you.